But for the first time this week, I wanted to do a Choshen Mishpat Shaila that, uh, that came up. Um, the reason I haven't done a Choshen Mishpat yet is because I don't deal that much with, uh, with Choshen Mishpat questions. Normally, um, well, with interesting Choshen Mishpat questions at least, but it, certainly with Choshen Mishpat cases, I'm, I'm, I'm not a Beisdin, uh, nor am I qualified to serve on a Beisdin. So, uh, but every once in a while, I'll get a phone call from somebody um, that will say that I'm having a monetary dispute with somebody and we want to come to you to, uh, to adjudicate the dispute. And every time I'll say, well, you know, they're, you can go to Beisden, this Beisden, that Beisden. I'm not going to get into that which Beisden, but you go to whatever, Beisden here, Beisden there. We don't want to go to a Beisden. You can go to very many uh, Rabbanim who know, uh, we're just comfortable, comfortable to go to you. Yeah, you should know, Meikara, I don't know anything, and uh, whatever questions you give me, I'm not going to really be able to answer all the research, and I'll probably ask my own Rebbeim. Fine, fine, yeah, we trust your judgment, we just want to come to you. Okay, so that's, it happens every once in a long while, um, and it hopefully shouldn't happen too often. <laughs> I mean, I get good stories out of it, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very nerve-wracking for, for me. Uh, my, my biggest fear is when dealing with a monetary dispute is that it's going to end up in a game of he said, he said. You know, they said that they're just going to argue the Metzias and how am I going to know the difference? How am I going to know who's, who's right? Baruch Hashem, in this case, everyone agreed exactly what the Metzias was. So just let's, let's just go over what happens. I get a phone call from somebody and they say, uh, I'm having a monetary dispute with somebody. We want you to deal with it. So what would be the first question you ask? After you say, please go to somebody else, and they say no, and you say, please, pretty please, and they say no. And you, so what, what's the first question you ask the person? Uh, so the first thing you do is you don't ask any questions. The first thing you say is, don't say another word to me until we can all meet together in the same room. We don't talk to anybody until we talk to everybody. If you say another word about the case, or say what the case is, anything, if you give me anything right now, then I'm out. Then there's absolutely no way I can be involved, involved in the case. You can't, be, uh, you can't listen to one side of the story without, without the other side of the story. Why? Do I think they're a bunch of chakranim? Do I think they're liars? Maybe. Uh, maybe. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. But they, even if they're not, even if I know that everyone is very truthful, you say things differently when the other side is there than you do when the other side is not there. You can, you can exaggerate just a little bit when the other side isn't present. And you can also bias a person. The first thing a person hears very often biases a person, especially if you don't get to see the faces the other party's making while they're saying what, what they're saying. So it's very, very critical. The very first thing is we don't talk about anything until everybody's in the room. So in this case, a, a, uh, a guy called me up. A guy doesn't have him in my shul. I didn't know him at all. I didn't know the other party at all either. They called another rabbi who one of the parties did know, and he said, well, since I know one of the parties, you should, uh, you should call someone that neither of you know. And for some reason, he recommended that they call me because I guess he figured I don't know too many people, so I probably didn't know either of the parties. So fine. So, uh, so, so uh, we called all the parties together. I learned about a new business that I didn't know existed. There is a second-hand shetel business, not, not, not a gemach, a, a business. That, uh, there are people that make a living by taking used shetels and selling them. Because let's say a woman uh, assumes the lifespan of her shetel before she absolutely destroys it and ruins it and breaks the netting and whatever, and it goes out of style and cuts it too many times or whatever. Let's say the lifespan is six years or seven years or something on a, on a shetel. So a woman's four years into her shetel, and she's going to think, you know, I really am sick of this shetel, but I can't really justify spending 
fill in the blank, whatever it costs for a new shaitel yet. But if I can sell this one and you know maybe make half that money back or a quarter of that money back, then I could justify to myself buying a new shaitel. So there are people that are in the business of selling used shaitels, and that's 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 the case that uh, that came to me. I bet you were confused by the uh, the title, the uh, the shaitel case. Yeah, I saw it on the board outside. So here's here's the. I, I'm going to need chalk. I never did this before, but I'm going to need to to draw the case. We have we have three parties over here. We have the way. Oh, I'm not good with chalk. Okay, the way this. Uh, that's a word. The way this. Uh, should, uh, Where's the shaitel? You shouldn't. Uh, should, and Chasidish uh, Yeshiva, I wouldn't be able to draw the woman, right? But okay, hopefully no one should have to room. So that's uh, that's the woman that wants to sell her shaitel. We'll call her seller because I'm very creative. And this is the middle woman. I'm just going to write W because I hate writing with chalk. And this is ooh, <laughs> this is the buyer. Good. So this is how it works. Now it happens to be the seller is anonymous over here. Oh, we gotta give hair. <laughs> the seller is anonymous over here. The middle woman and the buyer are not anonymous. We know exactly who they are, and they each have husbands. Drawn to size of their okay. So they, they they each have husbands. So there's Mister there's Mister Middle Woman and Mister Buyer. Okay. Now here's the way it works. Seller gives middle woman her shaitel. That's the shaitel. Okay, so seller gives middle woman her shaitel. And middle woman uh, does not pay anything for the shaitel yet. Doesn't give seller anything. She says to seller, I'm going to sell you shaitel. I'll keep it in my store, my basement, wherever I work out of. I'm going to sell you shaitel. As soon as it's sold, you're my first phone call. I'll tell you that it's sold. I will give you 80% of the money. I will keep 20% of the money. And that's our deal. So if I sell this used shaitel for $1,000, you get 800 bucks, I get 200 bucks. I don't remember if that was the exact percentages. It may have been 50 50. I have no idea what that, but let's say. So you, you get $800, I get $200 as soon as the shaitel is sold. Now, the way this business works, her entire business, middle woman's entire business, is based on the premise that she makes seller have a no hassle, no worry experience. All she has to do is drop off her shaitel, fill out a questionnaire about the shaitel that says it's this many years old, it's this manufacturer, I, uh, I wore it lightly, heavily stepped on it, flushed it down the toilet, you know, just fill in the, uh, the, the blanks and just gives her a fact sheet about the shaitel. That's the whole story. And seller never has to think about anything until she gets a phone call that I'm about to send you a check for $800. That's it. That's how middle woman runs her business. She gets all the headaches. Okay, that's a very critical element of this case. Seller did not come to me because seller is not, middle woman will not allow seller to have a headache. Middle woman will not allow seller to know that there's any problem. Okay, so middle woman and buyer came to me. Here's what happened. There was a shaitel that cost, let me uh, get the numbers right. Uh, if, I, if I don't remember correctly, this happened uh, uh, over a year ago. Um, but the, the shaitel that, that cost, if it was bought new, let's say, was a high-end shaitel, it was a $3,500 shaitel if it was bought new. It was uh, a few years old, it was, four, it was being sold as a four-year-old, very lightly used shaitel, and she was selling it for only $1,500. Okay, so for $1,500, 
buyer goes to middle woman to buy to buy the shaitel. She looks at the shaitel. She tries it on. Her mother comes over to see that it looks beautiful. Her mother-in-law comes over to see that it looks beautiful. Her she takes a picture of herself and sends it to her husband. Texts it to her husband, and the husband's not an idiot, so he says it looks beautiful, and everyone everyone's happy. So she says it's this beautiful shaitel, high quality. I can never afford to buy such a. And now I can buy fifteen hundred dollars. What a great deal! It's a thirty-six hundred. What did I say? Thirty-five hundred dollars shaitel. Now I'm getting such a good deal. Only fifteen. $1,500, the, the quality of the hair is amazing, the, uh, it's, it's so, uh, I was once sitting around the table with a uh, Shabbos table with uh, um, my wife and a few other, and, and, and Rebetzin Shechter, Rebbe and Rebetzin Shechter were there, and some of the women started talking about their shaitels, and, uh, and someone said to Rebetzin Shechter, where did you get your shaitel? She said, $20 out of the box, you know, it wasn't like, not everyone has such big asagas that they have to spend uh, whatever. Okay, so she, she's getting this great deal, $1,500, she buys this used shaitel. On the way, out of, now, on, on every receipt, middle woman's very careful, and her husband is also is very meticulous in helping her run the business. On the receipt, on every single receipt, it says, all sales are final, absolutely no returns. Why does she have that policy, all sales are, all sales are final, absolutely no returns? Because she's got to protect the seller. And the only way to protect the seller and not to have to go back and forth is to make sure that as soon as the shaitel is sold, she can call the seller and say, your money's on its way and never have to call the seller again. That's it. You're, you're, the deal is done. It's over. And, uh, and, and, and everything is, is solved. Good. So on the way back from buying the shaitel, buyer's in the car, literally in the car on the way back. And she starts thinking to herself, what on earth did I just do? I just paid $1,500 for a used shaitel, for a four-year-old shaitel, according to the fact sheet. It's a four-year-old shaitel I just spent $1,500 on. And now I'm going to have to get it cut, so I'm going to have to pay a couple hundred dollars for that, and styled and all that. What, what am I thinking? And everyone knows, buyer thinks to herself, that the lifespan of a shaitel is five years. So I'm going to get one year of use out of the shaitel for $1,500, and plus $1,800 by the time I'm done with it. I'm only going to get one year of use of it. What am I, nuts? So she decides to call up middle woman and say, I didn't even go home yet. It's in the box you gave it to me. I didn't take it out. Can I come back and return it? Middle woman says, absolutely not. The, 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 uh, the receipt said all sales are final. I told you all sales are final. Your mother, your mother-in-law, your husband, everybody, everybody came to, to see. And to, and it, it was final. It's final. Absolutely not. Buyer's not thrilled about this, but she understands that was the deal. So, and, and middle woman says, by the way, I already called the seller and told her that she's getting her, her cut. She's getting her 80%. I'm not calling her back now. That's, you know, all sales are final. Great. So buyer realizes, she understands. She, uh, she looked at the fact sheet that it came with, that, uh, that originally seller had filled out, um, and it said who the manufacturer was. She was aware of who the, who the manufacturer was, and she decided, you know, I happen to know someone who knows the manufacturer. I'm going to go get it cut by the manufacturer herself. So by the big store in, I don't know, Borough Park, Flappish, whatever. I'm going to go get it cut by the manufacturer herself. So she goes to the manufacturer, I bought this used shaitel, it's manufactured by you. The manufacturer says, and all the Matthias is agreed upon by everybody. Yeah, I mentioned before, no one, no one disputes the Matthias. The manufacturer looks at the shaitel and says, um, yeah, I, I did make the shaitel, and it's beautiful. It's in, it's in great condition. It's a really, I, I did fine work over here. So it's a really, really <laughs> wonderful shaitel. And, uh, um, and the and, and buyer says, yeah, but you know, I feel so strange about spending money on a four-year-old shaitel. And the manufacturer says, wait a second, she 
finds the barcode inside the shaitel. Did you know that there are barcodes? <laughs> I had no idea. She finds the barcode inside the shaitel. She scans it. She says, yeah, so I thought, it's not a four-year-old shaitel. It's a six-year-old shaitel. So uh, she said, I made it. It's beautiful. It's in great condition. Very lightly used. It's a six-year-old shaitel. Fire says, aha! <laughs> so <laughs> she calls up a uh, middle woman and says, uh, you sold me, probably more likely, you sold me a six-year-old shaitel! <laughs> it's supposed to be a four-year-old shaitel. And the middle woman says, what do you want from me? I don't know what I sold. I mean, I, I, oh, you know how I run my business. Someone gives me a shaitel. I give them a sheet to fill out. They fill out the sheet. I don't know anything more than, you know, that they claim that it's, you know, I can't, I don't do independent research on the shaitel. Just a little bit of history. Buyer once had a shaitel that she wanted to sell, and she sold it through a middlewoman also. And that transaction was fine, and the sale went through, and it was all good. A little bit of history that may, may play a role over here. So, uh, so buyer says, no, there's a mecca absolutely. You, you, so everyone knows the, shaitl, the lifespan of shaitel is five years. So my shaitel's been dead for a year. I thought I thought I get, I, I thought I was going to get an extra year out of it. Instead of getting an extra year of it, I'm getting, I'm getting it's, it's over a bottle. It's, uh, it's, it's what? Yeah, yeah. So I, I thought it's, it's, it's terrible. So that's, and middle woman says, oh, four-year-old, six-year-old, what do I know? She just filled out a sheet. You know that. You of all people know that I don't really know how old it is. Because when you sold your shaitel through me, how did I find out the age of your shaitel? What did I do? Same thing. I gave you a sheet to fill out. You filled out the sheet. I, and I trusted you. I didn't do any research. I didn't do anything. That's the way my business works. That's the way I do things. So you know that when I say it's four years old, I'm not really saying it's four years old. I'm saying that the seller told me it's four years old, but you've got to take that with a grain of salt because it's just whatever the seller says. So you know that to be the case. Now, buyer had written a check for fifteen. I said fifteen hundred dollars, right? For fifteen hundred dollars to uh, to middle woman, um, and most of the rest of the conversations happen via text, uh, and the husband's getting involved. So, uh, Mr. Buyer starts texting using buyer's cell phone. Of course, not using his own cell phone. Using buyer's cell phone, starts texting middle woman. Um, I'm returning the shaitel. Tell me when's a good time to bring it back so that you can uh, you can rip up my check and I'll return the shaitel. Um, Mr. Middlewoman takes Middlewoman's cell phone <laughs> and, and responds, uh, there's never a good time because you cannot return it. Um, okay, I'm coming at, in, in 10 minutes. I'll see you soon. Um, I saw these texts. They actually saved them for me. Um, if you come on my property, I will have you arrested. <laughs> I've spoken to a lawyer already. You are not permitted anywhere on my property. I will call the cops and I will have you arrested. Um, you know, and it, and it goes from there, and it escalates, and it escalates from there. What? <laughs> so uh, it, it escalated from there. It got worse. It was it was it was ugly. The um, Miss uh, Mrs. Byer, Mrs. Byer starts texting Mrs. Middlewoman. You know, we've done business in the past. So why can't why can't please? You know, just please take it back. It's really not right. I really done. I made a mistake, and I really didn't want to buy this. And and especially if I never would have bought it, if I would have known that it was six years old. Everyone knows that a six year old shaitel is no good. So I never would have done it. Please take it back. Mrs. Middlewoman says starts ignoring her because uh, she didn't respond. She said she stopped responding to the text. She was being annoyed. She was annoyed by Mrs. Byers' text. 
all the sales are final. And Mr. Middlewoman was telling Mrs. Middlewoman, don't respond to her texts. Absolutely. Uh, and she defriended her or whatever. I don't know. She, she did so, something that made it that it doesn't, uh, doesn't come through. Whatever, she, whatever it was, vehicle of social media. I'm not a Facebook person, so I don't know. I'm, I'm a Twitter person. Okay, so whatever, whatever vehicle of social media was being used, uh, so she, she cut her off. So she can't, uh, she, can't, she can't hear anything. So she's texting into cyberspace and it's going nowhere. Um, Mrs. Bayer realizes that her texts are being ignored for, for a long time, like forever. So I said, how, how long is forever? She said it was like six hours. Her <laughs> 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 texts were being ignored. So not realizing that she, can't, that, 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 that she has no, no other choice and that she has already written a check to, uh, to middle woman, and that middle woman is obviously not responding to anything, Mrs. Byer cancels the check. Um. <laughs> um, Mr. Middlewoman, realizing that something, you know, that this, this is getting out of control, and they might cancel the check, quickly runs to the bank to deposit the check, but he's too late. <laughs> check is canceled, and he's slapped with a $100 canceled check fee because the person who tries to deposit the canceled check is the one, right, is the one that gets, the, get, gets hit with the fee. So, yeah, so now... Um, they are out $1,600 and a shaitel. I mean, or a shaitel. They're, they're out $1,600 that they feel they deserve for the shaitel. Um, she says, I want, I, um, you know, I'm, I canceled the check because I'm not paying for it. Take your shaitel. I'm happy to give you your shaitel back. I'm certainly not paying for the canceled check. You didn't respond to my, to my t- incessant texts. So how could I tell you that I was canceling it? I would have loved to have told you that I was canceling it. But I, I couldn't because you weren't responding to any of my texts. Um, what do we do? That's, that's the, that's the Shaila. So everyone agrees to all the mitzvahs, the threats, the laws. When, when, when the check was canceled uh, on the smart board, I would have him hit the roof. Because he, he, hit the, he hit the roof. He absolutely went nuts. He actually called a lawyer and, and tried to see if he can get this guy arrested for it. Like it was, it was really not pretty. But they all came and sat down civilly with me and uh, you know, discussed this in a very civil fashion. And they were all certain. So, okay, so now. Doesn't run the hair shade of the covenant, does it? No, 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 no. These are all very, very normal, normal people. Um, you know, in, in a very stressful situation. And this is how normal people act in stressful situations. You should know that. I mean, I'm just telling you that that's not. This is not. These are not people that you would think are strange or unusual or uh, whatever. People are get into situations that are uncomfortable and stressful. So what do you do? What are the issues over here? How do we How do we begin? So mekachtos is the big issue, right? Is this a mekachtos, right? Because she claims it was a four-year-old shaitel and it's really a six-year-old shaitel. So is that a mekachtos? That's one. That's that's the most major issue. Um, what else? To what extent is it saying? Is it that everything about the business has to stay the Whatever the business says, therefore we have to work around it. Or by saying that the business is hassle-free, there maybe. It's well, what are the tests. the um, right? What are what is the status of the rules of the business? Meaning, I say no returns, all sales are final, and then I violate onna'a, let's say, and I overcharge you by like ten, tenfold. It says all sales are final; it's your problem. Is that is that true? Does that work? Can I override halacha? Do the do the rules of the business matter if there's a halachic issue at stake? 
So Lechora, if it's a Mekach Talos, the rules of the business don't matter. Meaning if you're clearly in violation of Halacha, if you violate Onna'a, you violate Mekach Talos, you do something like that, you, you deceive the person, the rules of the business are irrelevant. But, to the extent that everyone's acting in good faith and that everyone's acting halachically appropriately, uh, the rules of the business are a Tanai. It's just that you're not allowed to be Masal Mashkasa so you can't make a Tanai against the Dine Onna'a, you can't make a Tanai against the Dinam of Mechatos, but you can make any other Tanai in a transaction that you both agree upon. Right? I think that's, that's fair to assume. Now, the first thing we need to find out is what kind of judgment do they want? What do I mean by what kind of judgment do they want? Whenever you go to a Beisden nowadays, or, or ever really, there are two ways that Beisden can look at your case. They could do Din, or they could do Pshara. It's a sugi in the beginning of Masechah Sanhedrin, which is preferable. Is it better to do Din, or is it better to do Pshara? It's a machlokas in Sanhedrin Davav. The Gemara tells us, that it's Asr to make a, a, a Pshara, and anyone who makes a pshar is a sinner. And you can't even bless someone who makes a pshara. Very, very strong words. Why? Why so strong? Just about pshara? What's so terrible about pshara? Why would there be such a shita? Ah, so what is pshara is a very good question. The way people often mistranslate pshara is compromise. It's not compromise. Compromise would mean that, oh, you say I owe you $1,600, and I say I owe you a ratty shetel, I'll give you $800. That would be compromise. And who would be happy in that case? Nobody. Nobody. That is not pshara. What pshara actually means is that you come up with a, an equitable way to resolve the issue that's not based on the dinim of Choshen Mishpat. It's not based on the, the dinim in Shulchan Aruch. But it's something that everyone can understand is fair, is ethical, makes sense. That's pshara. So if a judge can use a little bit of chachma and come up with something that everyone can see, that's a reasonable solution. It might be that in the case of pshara, it's going to cost one party more than it would cost him in din, but at least he'll understand it. Yeah. Could it make sense for the middle woman to give part of her cut of the 20%? Now she bought the shaito, although it was six years, she bought it for less amount of money now. Is that, is that a good show? Who bought it for less amount of money? Now the buyer... Will not have had to have paid so much because the middle yeah. woman's going to give her a discount. Yeah. Um, that might be a type of shara. We'll see, yeah. Why can't we describe her as a seller? She like, lied about the show. Ah, so the, 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 the silent person over here is the seller. Is she not at fault at all? She's the one that said it's a four-year-old shaitel, and in fact, it's a six-year-old shaitel. Let me ask you a question. How old is that jacket? Uh, five years old. Are you sure? Sure? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Meaning, what do you want from sellers? She had something in the back of her closet for... for yeah, but she had something in the back of her closet that she very lightly wore, didn't really wear all that much. For whatever reason, maybe she, I don't know, maybe she uh, wasn't the right color or something. She didn't wear it all that much. And, and that everyone verifies that it wasn't worn all that much. She's going to remember exactly how old it is. It was in the four to six year range. So she chose the low end. And in fact, it was the high end. So one could argue that seller is really not at fault over here. You can't be expected to remember exactly, exactly when you bought it. 
And Adrava, when I learned about the fact that there's a serial number, I said to Mrs. Middlewoman, did you know that there's such a thing as a, as, as, as a barcode, a serial number in the, in, the, in the shetel? And she said, yeah, I knew that there's such a thing. So why don't you go and have every shetel checked out? She said, because I don't want to schlep in to have every shetel checked out. My business runs fine the way it is. But really, right, until now. But really, really, that would be, that would be the best if that's what she would do. It would solve this kind of problem. Yeah? Let's say you buy a suit in, I don't know, let's say you go to Macy's and you buy a suit. Right? You're saying the suit is brand new, but you don't know when that suit was made. So the barcode on that suit could be three years old, for all you know. Ah, so that was good. I, I asked that question also. I said, it might have been a four-year-old shaitel. Seller might have bought it two years after it was made. And for her, it's a four-year-old shaitel. No one lied. So they said, no, no, it's custom-made. It was clearly custom-made. and it was a liar. <laughs> but it was definitely a custom-made shaitel. That, uh, that was the deal. Um, so one second. So w- what's the problem with Pshara? Pshara sounds brilliant. It sounds like such a great idea. Because compromise usually means that you split the difference. Pshara usually does not mean split the difference. Meaning you don't just say, okay, 1600 800 No, it, it means something else. Sometimes it will mean you'll have to pay $2,000. You know, like it, it, it could be... Sometimes it'll be split the difference. Yeah, yeah. But is something that everyone can understand is reasonable. Now, what would be the Isser? No, what's the Isser? What's the Isser of Pshara? Exactly. The reason they speak so strongly against Pshara is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us his Torah with the wisdom of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And we're going to say, we appreciate your suggestions, Hashem, but uh, you know, we know a little bit better and we came up with a more ethical, a more ethical way to deal with it. Oh, kind of chuspa is that? That's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us the Torah and that's what, what we're going to do? Isn't Pshara included within the Dinim that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave? Ah, so that's the other title. So Reb Shuban Karcha Omer, Mitzvah Levtsawa. That there's a mitzvah to make a pshara. Shene Emar. He needs a pasuk. He can't just say Mitzvah Levtsawa. Emes u Mishpat Shalom Shavtu B'Sharechem. Shavtu B'Sharechem. Emes u Mishpat Shalom. Wait a second. Valo b'Makom Sheish Mishpat Ein Shalom. If there's justice, then somebody wins, somebody loses. Then there's no shalom because the loser's not happy, right? And if there's shalom, well then ain't mishpat. Then there obviously wasn't justice. So how do you get both? How do you have mishpat that has shalom? That's pshara. So how do we paskin? Before you listen to the case, or even after you listen to the case, but you're not sure which direction you're going, you're allowed to say, let's, uh, let's go out of the Choshim Mishpat and come up with the Pshara. But Mishetishma Divrayan, once you heard the whole case, and you know what direction it's going in, then it's too late for Pshara. Because then you're already well into a Din Torah. Amarav, later on in the Gemara, Halach Kreb Shumakarcha, we pass in some mitzvah to do Pshara. Really? But Rav Huna was a Talmide de Rav Hav, or Rav Huna was the Talmud of Rav. And when a case came before Rav Huna, Amr Luhu, Idina Isu, Ipshara Isu. Rav Huna used to offer the option. What would you guys like? Pshara or Din? So how could you do that? If it's a mitzvah, it's a mitzvah to do Pshara. Don't offer options. Give them, give them Pshara. So the Gemara says, no, that's the mitzvah. The mitzvah is to offer, do you want Pshara or Din? 
That's the Mitzvah Pshara, that's how the Raman Paskins in the 22nd paragraph of Sanhedrin, Shulchan Aruch and Chosh Mishpat Simin Yud Beis, Paskins, Mitzvah, Lomer, Lebalei Dina, Batchila, Hadina Atem Rotsim, Oa Pshara. Now it happens to be, if you're not a Beis, and if you're just a guy that they come to, I was very hesitant about taking any cases in the first place, just because we have a system of Beisdin, meaning the same way Pshara is, uh, according to some Tanayim, is viewed as a slap in the face of the Rebbe Shalom. Why should a guy adjudicate a case when they, we have a concept of Beisdin? So I asked uh, Mari Rabbi of Shachter about it. He thought that uh, very often it's the best way to go. If there's someone that, that both people trust, very often the best way to go is just just uh, deal with it in a way that, that fits the halacha and that fits... But, but, I, but when, you're, when you're not a Beisdin, you have a little more leeway, the Shulchan Aruch says, in bringing up shara even later on in the game, even when you don't, you, when you know lehechana din nota, if you're if you're not a based in, you can you can still offer shara. So the first question is, okay, do you want shara or do you want din? Now this is an interesting thing. What do you think they said? Wanted one, wanted the other. They both wanted din a hundred percent because they were both a hundred percent sure that they were right. They. Yeah, yeah, that's what Shulchan Aruch says. Yeah, yeah. So they both wanted Din, absolutely, because they were both 100% sure that they were correct, which is interesting. That, uh, that's the way... I, you can only offer them that case in tip before you hear what the case is? Not, not me, a Beisdin. A Beisdin has to be uh, a little more careful. I'll tell you, Shulchan Aruch says that the Beisdin has to say, do you want Din or Pshara? Imratsu b'Pshara, also b'Nei Pshara. Ukshem shemuz shalol lahatos hadin... You have to be fair in Pshara also. Pshara can't just be, like I said before, $800. Where do you get $800 from? No, that doesn't look, right? Pshara has to be something that makes sense. You can't be mat of the din in Pshara either. We call Bezin Shalos Pshara Tamir Arezim Meshubach, Shulchan Aruch says. A Bezin that always does Pshara is very praiseworthy. But Medvar Mamur Mkodim Gemar Din. Afal Pisha Shama Devarim Liyodeh Din Nota Mitzvah Levtsoah. It's only up until the Gemardin. After the Gemardin, once you tell them who's Chayev and who's Zakai, then you can no longer do Pshara. Aval Acher, She'eno Dayan. Rashi Lassos Pshara B'neim Shalom B'Moshev Dinakavol HaMishpat. Someone who's not a Dayan can do a Pshara even after, because there is no Gemardin. Good? So... Sometimes, sometimes, even the one who's winning... You know what, what, what people want more than to win? No. To feel like it's tzaddik. People like to feel like it's tzaddik. So the person who's winning will want to will want to say, okay, I won, but you know I'll be I'll be good and I'll do this uh, this pshara. So people people will will do that sometimes. And also if you're running a business and you won, let's say you want to you want to maintain your reputation. So you want people to know that even though you won, you uh, you were very good to your customers after threatening to arrest them. <laughs> so, so the, that that's the uh, so so they both want the din. So what 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 is taka the din over here? Is this called the mechachtos? So what what has to be clarified to figure out if this is a mechachtos? You're supposed to expect 100% MS in the receipt when you get it for four years. Right. Are you supposed to expect 100% MS? Also, there's something that Mrs. Bayer kept on saying over and over again. Yeah, she kept on saying this five-year thing. Everyone knows the shade that lasts only five years. Everyone knows. So, I, you know, I'm a guy. I don't know what, you know. I was like, everyone, I have no, I'm like, yeah. I have no idea if everyone knows or nobody knows or some people know. 
So, uh, Baruch Hashem, we're, we're, my wife is close friends with, uh, we used to be neighbors when we lived in Cedars with someone who uh, does some, is a Shetel Machir, on, you know, does this in addition to being a Kala teacher and Kala uh, baker and, you know, all the Jewish professions. So she's a, she's a Shetel Machir, a very fine from woman. And I called her up and I said, uh, um, is there such a thing as like a five-year lifespan of a Shetel? Is that like something that's Yadua in the... Olam <laughs> HaShetelach. And, uh, and she said, Five, what are you talking about? She said, it depends how heavily it was used. If it was used a lot, then it could be done in, in less than five years. And if it wasn't used that much, it can last for much longer. It really depends how heavily it was used. So she said the whole thing, there's no such uh, din of five years by HaShetelach. Now one would imagine that age would matter also, that the hair would get brittle, and that uh, you know at some point, that the the age would matter would matter as well, but she says there's certainly no five year magic number, so there had to be mivara that matzias. By the way, just just one one more thing. I do when I talk about pshara, it's always kedai to mention. Rav Salvechik has in in one of the uh, Shirei Harav in English, uh, you know, the English book Shirei Harav about pshara, where he tries to explain that pshara has advantages. The Gemara compares says that that a mishpat that has both sedek and shalom. Is, is Pshara. Shalom I get, right? Why is Pshara Shalom? Because everyone, everyone can be happy about it. Why is it Sedek? Why is it Sedek? So Salvation explains beautifully. He says, Mishpat means there's a Chayev and a Zakai. There's someone that's 100% right and there's someone that's 100% wrong. Humanity is such that nobody is ever 100% right and nobody is ever 100% wrong. Meaning the reality is that people are humans, and humans are never perfectly right or perfectly wrong. Pshara takes into account that you could be right and also a little bit wrong. And you could be wrong and also a little bit right. And that's why Pshara is actually a greater reflection of tzedek than, than din is. Gaval de no? That Pshara is a greater tzedek than din is. But anyway, they wanted din. So the question is, is this a Mechathos? But there's one, one element that we didn't think of. Is it a Mechachos? Is a question on how much money over here? $1,500. The last $100 has nothing to do with the Mechachos. What does that have to do with? Canceling a check after you wrote a check. That's not Mechachos. What's that? So, what, right, it's a mazik. So is that called Grama You're taking away the bank's ability to... To, to pay the check, to to, to 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 cover the funds, and therefore you know the bank is gonna, or is that, or is that direct nizikin? What? It's more of a direct action because the bank is only acting on your behalf. That hundred dollar fine goes to who? Right, it goes to the bank. It doesn't go to you. So okay, so that 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 could be meaning one could hear that there would be a fifteen hundred dollar payment without the sixteen hundred dollar payment. Or that there would be a hundred dollar payment without the fifteen hundred dollar payment, meaning that maybe the buyer would owe a hundred dollars because maybe on that shaila they owe the money, but the fifteen hundred dollar shaila they don't owe the money. So I was pretty convinced over here that this is not an example of mekachtalos. Mekachtalos Shulchan Aruch says is in a situation where it's industry standard that there's something that's supposed to be expected. B'nai Medina. Kol B'nei Medina Shulchan Aruch says, are maskim, that something really matters. And if Kol B'nei Medina are maskim, something really matters, and then you didn't provide that thing that really matters, that's a Mechachtos. I sell you a car, and the classic example, there's no engine. 
That's a mechathos. There's supposed to be an engine in a car. It could look really nice and polished and everything, but there's no engine in this But I sell you a car, and there's something that people don't really think matters that much. Let's say uh, cup holders. there were supposed to be four cup holders, and there were only three. So can you claim mechathos? I drive a carpool with four people. We all we all just stop at Dunkin' Donuts. We pick up our coffees. We okay, you know, like that's that's not that's not. We wouldn't say mechatos or something like that. Even though it's possible that this guy had in his head that that he wanted that he dafka liked that feature of four couples. Now, if he explicitly said so, if he explicitly said it that I'm dafka makbid, that I have four cup holders, and then you give him something three cup holders, then it would still be mechathos. So if this woman said, I will not buy, don't show me any shaitl that's more than four years old, because I will not buy anything like that. She never mentioned a word about that until she was in the car on the way home. What if the other guy says that there are four cup holders in this car, and that's part of his, like, selling, um, his like this lady said, right, this right, four years old. right. So even so, even in that case, even even so, if it's not something that people are generally that the kol b'nei our maskim is is an important issue, uh, it would not be mechatos. It's dishonest. You're not allowed to do that. But over here, she wasn't even being dishonest. She was just presenting what the seller told her, and it could be the seller wasn't even being dishonest. The seller, to the best of her recollection, how old is that jacket? Right. She, to the best of her recollection, she thought it was uh, it was four years old. It could very, it could, and, and I believe that it could very well be that that's that that's the case. So I thought it was not a mecca. Okay, when you buy a car, it's really uh, an, an 06, but you thought it was an 08. It makes a big difference to you, like the way you think that. So in in cars, that makes a big difference. So that was the shayla. Is a shaytel a car? It costs as much, but is a, so that that was that was the shayla. That was right. That was that was exactly the shayla. Um, let's say if it was a necklace. Would it matter if it's four years old or six years old? The gold necklace, probably not. Yeah, but right? that's not something that's necessarily like shaykh age, so to speak. Right. So that was the, that was my shaykh mitzias about a shaytel. That's why I called the shaytel machet to, to try to find out. So um, now, if I was doing pshara, what would I have suggested? I did suggest even after I told them the din. I said, "How about this? Take the shaytel right now." Put it back in the store for two months. Just put it in the store and see what happens. Same price, change the fact sheet to reflect that it's six years old. Same price, same everything. If it sells within the next two months, Shalom al Yisrael, everyone will be happy. You'll get your money, seller has her money, you'll get, everyone will be happy. Right now, I said, buyer, you pay 20% to middle, middle woman so that she can cover the money that she owes to the seller. Because it was 20%. Put the shape in the store for two months. See if it moves. If it moves, great. And if it doesn't move, then we'll have to rely on Din. That's what I thought was a Peshara. Only 20% to cover. 80%. 80%. Oh, I meant 80 Oh, yeah. It, was, it would have been 80%, right. It was, uh, in the, the, the numbers were not that. It, was, it must have been a 50-50, though. So, yeah, I think it was more like a 50-50. So, because I, it would have been, right. So, uh, so, I said, give her whatever she needs to cover for the seller. Put the shadel back in the store for two months, and then... So if you want the pshara, and again, even after Gemara Din, I was allowed to recommend that pshara to the person who won, to the to the middle woman. Uh, Mr. Middle Woman said no. I said, why not? It seems like a reasonable thing. No, does anyone think it's reasonable? I thought it was pretty reasonable. Why do you think he said no? Cancel the check. 
So you see, you're thinking very. He had a much. He was a good guy. I'm t- it doesn't sound like it. He said, he said, look at the experience we just had with this woman. I'm going to hold her shaitel in my store for two months, and what's going to happen when it doesn't sell? I'm going to give it back to her. She's going to say it's ripped here. It wasn't treated well. I just don't want to do business with her for another two months. Meaning, let's just make this end. I hear that, Taina. Meaning, I'm taking responsibility for merchandise that no longer belongs to me. I don't. I don't want that. That's a. That's a very fair Taina. I thought that was a very fair Taina. So that's 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 what I told them. The halacha is. I was a little nervous because I, I don't remember if I if I read this by um, any of my rebbeim at the time. Um, so I, just this week, since I started uh, becoming, uh, I started writing letters to Zilberstein recently for this for this year. That's why I do it because I have what to quote. I'm meeting him next week at a minaret cell. I'm meeting with him on Tuesday night at his house. If anyone has shilas, you want me to ask for Zilberstein? Like, where do you get all those crazy shilas? Um, so this 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 shilas you're actually going to see in uh, if if you get. The upcoming Chashuke Chemer on Meseches Nadarim, he already showed me, he's putting it in. Uh, the Shaila is like uh, this long, and the answer is like that long. <laughs> the answer is much shorter. He writes, Pashut Kibayasa Bekutcha, Sherachel Tzodekas Vachan. I made up names, Rachel. Then he says, it's Pashut, that middle woman is correct, and that she has to return the full $1,600. 16 full $1,600. And he said the svara that she knows full well that the number four years doesn't mean four years. It means that that's what seller said. She knows it. She because she experienced it, and that's just the language that people speak. Like if someone says, "I'm selling you the finest automobile," <laughs> oh really? I heard there's an automobile called uh, whatever. So is that, but that's that's just the way people speak, and she understands that that's that's the language. Um, she understood that it was all dependent on, on the seller, on the seller's say so. That's the name I made up for the shape lady. She was relying completely on that, and she had no, middle woman had no idea whether what seller was saying is true, and she's allowed to rely on that, and she has to certainly pay for the bitola check as well, because you're not allowed to just go canceling checks that you have outstanding, and that is uh, so that Rizlubasim passed in the same way that it would have to be a sixteen hundred dollar payment. So choshemish pashalas are fun sometimes. Okay, a good Shabbos, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. I'll see you. In, uh, two weeks.